0: Welcome back to another episode of Finding Soulless. As you can tell from the title of today's podcast, school has been super annoying and just, uh, it's kind of overwhelming. So I thought it would be a perfect time to do a de-stressing video. I don't know when this episode is going to go up, but if it goes up before November 1st, then my heart goes out to all the seniors who are applying early action or early decision and if this goes up after November 1st, then I hope it wasn't too bad. I hope everything works out right and you will be where you want to be. Since this episode is about stress, um, I got a partnership. So today's podcast is brought to you by de-stress. De-stress is a natural, non-GMO, organic way of not stressing out. There is no cost and it is just, just, it's just it's so wonderful. Idiot. Anyways, moving on. So the other night I was on Instagram and I saw someone post a story of a book that they were reading and I thought the, so the title of this poem slash quote is called Wanting and it's by April Green in her book, Bloom for Yourself, if I remember correctly. So I felt like I needed to share because it was quite beautiful. Wanting causes emptiness. It makes you feel as though you lack something, as though you have a hole inside that needs to be filled. So you try to fill it, but you use something outside of yourself, something that doesn't belong to you, something that only causes more wanting and more emptiness. Then you get caught in a never-ending, empty cycle of wanting and aching and searching and breaking until you finally come to learn that the thing you want is an illusion and the thing you lack is belief. The belief that you already have everything you need inside of you, that you are already whole, already worthy, and you are already more than enough, just as you are. I was reading that at like 12 a.m. or something and I got the feels. So I guess we're going to jump into the episode We are going to distress and we are going to throw away all the pains of college applications or all the pains of virtual online school or work or life or anything and just leave that behind. (coughs) I used to really like reading as a way of de stressing. I would borrow 10 books from the library and then I would read them within like two weeks and then go back to the library to borrow more books. But now I feel like. I don't have the time to read as much or maybe that's just be making an excuse for myself saying that I don't have time to read because literally if I think about it if I get rid of the time I spend on TikTok and like Instagram I would probably have time to read but I instead don't but it's fine and I don't know I just haven't read a book recently that has struck me as very memorable I don't Like, none of them are very, like, oh my goodness, this is, like, the best book I've read in, like, a long time. Well, actually, in our English class, we're reading the book Jane Eyre, and I actually really do like that book. I think that's the first book that I've ever liked, like, an English book that I've ever read for an English class. And I would be, like, down to read it on my own time instead of just reading it for the assignment. So I feel like that says a lot. But in terms of books that I read in the past that I really liked, I have three that comes to mind. The first two are um, a book in a duology or two book series, and it's the Warcross series. I really love the author. The author just writes really amazing stories. She has another series called The Legend Trilogy that I highly recommend you read if you have time. But the Warcross series is about a girl named Amika Chen. And she ends up getting expelled from i think high school, and so she has lived a pretty rough life. Her dad is a gambler because he was an artist before, but his art wasn't doing so well, so he ended up gambling and um after she lost her father, she ends up just living on the streets. I'm just kidding she it makes her living by being a bounty hunter, so which is basically someone who helps the police track down criminals in Warcross. So in this realm that they're living in, there's this one game called Warcross that dominates literally everyone's life. It's kind of like a VR game. So basically the company made these glasses and they project the game into real life. So like when you wear these glasses, you can see everyone's costumes or like if the people around you are Cross players, you can see their avatar and you can see like dragons flying past or not dragons, but like just animation flying across the sky and stuff. And then so she plays this game in order to relieve her stress. And um, she's a pretty good computer person. She's a she's a pretty good hacker, I think so during that particular year the story is set in the annual war cross competition is being held so she's watching this game and then in the game there's this really rare power up and if she could get that power up she could sell it for a lot of money which would help her situation tremendously so she hacks into the game and then tries to get the power up but she ends up glitching into the game herself and then everyone's like oh my god what happened?" And then while she was in the game being glitched and all of that stuff, she finds there's another hacker in the game named Zero that wants to, um, I forgot, he wants to kill someone or he wants to ruin the game, something like that. So she's like, well, this is not my problem. I just want to live a quiet life. But then the next day, the entire press comes to her apartment and tries to get her to say something about her glitch. And then that day she finds out that all her debt and all her rent has been paid off. And she's like, well, what? And then she realizes that Hidayo Tanaka, which is the creator of the game Warcross, and he's like the young, smexy, billionaire type of dude. And then Hidayo sends over one of his secretaries to Amika's apartment. And then the secretary told her, um, you need to come into this private jet and we're just going to fly to Tokyo because you are a wild card and she's like whoa 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 and then she ends up flying over to Tokyo and she's one of the wild cards in the warcross game so warcross games are basically a group of like five or six seven people and each have their own rules it's kind of like a league of legends but at the same time not really like league of legends so each team has like seven to six five something players and each of them has a role and they need to collect these power-ups to get to this final destination and each year they invite I think one wild card for each team or something like that, and they they invite just one random player into the game, and I mean they can participate as well. And so the story is just about Amika and the gorgeous billionaire just having the time of their life loving each other and then finding out who zero is and all that stuff. So yeah, I really highly recommend it. It's a really fun read. I was kind of predictable sometimes, not gonna lie. I, overall I still really enjoyed it and then the next like, the third book that I really like okay I have a funny story and it's not really funny it's kind of embarrassing it's kind of lame the third book is called all the light we cannot see and I actually read this because my crush was reading this and I was like I'm gonna read it as well Bruh. so yeah but to be fair one of the librarians also recommended it so like it it wasn't completely for him you know what I'm saying? I, I'm i not that lame. But I don't really remember what went on in that story. Um, it's a historical fiction. So if you're into history, then I recommend it. Even if you're not into history, I think it's still a pretty good book. I just remember the end. The end was really sad, but also really touching. So I definitely think reading it was worth it. So I think I'm just going to do a really, really basic rundown because I don't really remember but there's this girl named Marie Lou and she's blind. So her father makes these model houses or like model villages for her so that she knows her way around town. And her dad is also a museum locksmith. So he takes care of all the artifacts in this certain museum. And where the book takes place, there's this diamond called the flame of the sea or some kind of flame gem and it's very, very rare, and there's, like, four different copies of it, and then so her father somehow, I don't know why, takes away one of the gems, and then he ends up dying, and then he stores that gem inside the model building that he built for his daughter, and then the story kind of splits off into two other perspectives. One is from a Nazi soldier's perspective, I believe, and he really wants the stone because he has cancer. And he thinks that getting the stone will make him immortal. And then the other perspective is from this boy named Warner. And he's a very smart, intelligent boy who really likes learning. So he listens to this French program that talks about like how the light bulb was invented, how telegrams work and stuff like that. And then when the Nazis come into his village, he can't listen to it because it's not Nazi-like. So that's that and then the three of them have these different stories but then they all connect at the end and I think that the ending was really really beautiful but also really really sad so I also recommend it right now I have one book that I really want to read it's called the institute by Stephen King's oh my goodness When your English teacher asks you to read a essay by Stephen King's and you pronounce Stephen King's as Stephen King's in front of the entire class and everyone looked at you like you were a freaking dumbass. Well, yeah, that happened to me and I will never forget it. And I'll never call him Stephen King's again. I'll always call him Stephen King's. So, yeah, the Institute by Stephen King's is about a bunch of kids who have these supernatural powers. I think only telekinesis and telepathy. And some kids have like a mix of both. And then so these researchers are kidnapping these kids and placing them in like a remodel of their home. So basically they're being put in a facility where they each have a room that looks exactly like their room in their actual house. But they're in this facility and these scientists like do a whole bunch of tests on them. And these kids are just finding ways to get out of these situations and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it. I didn't finish it because I really wanted to get the hard like a hard copy of the book, but um it was during corona so I couldn't really get it and I don't know, I just didn't want to spend I think it was like $30 on Amazon. I didn't want to spend $30 on Amazon to get the book. So I tried to borrow it from the library. I borrowed an ebook and I really hate reading ebooks. The reason I read books is to not be on my phone and the fact that I have to be on a device to read a book. I don't really like the idea of that. So I ended up not finishing it because the borrowing period was up and I was just like, ugh, whatever. But I think I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to buy the hard copy. You know what? I'm gonna spend that money and buy this book because I haven't read a book in quite a long time. So we're gonna manifest that. But now since I don't read as much like physical like chapter books i started reading a lot of webtoons before i go to sleep and i just that's just my time to just rewind and they're just really short web comics and they update every single week so you always get like new episodes out and right now i'm really into um three series actually the first one is parallel city and it's about two parallel worlds so there's world A and world B and on world A there's this whole breakout of a disease or like an apocalypse. So people are turning into zombies like purple zombies and it's just really the conditions are really, really bad and so someone on earth A finds this vaccine or like not vaccine. Ooh, did I spoil or no they find this like way to get to the other parallel world which is world B and what the webtoon is set in so these people from world A they escape to world B and since it's a parallel world you have the same exact version of you so you have your doppelganger and then so people in world B are like doppelgangers are taking over there's like weird disappearances and stuff like that and that's basically the doppelgangers killing their respective counterparts And they're doing that because only one of them can survive. So even if they don't kill, they have these really bad headaches whenever they're near each other. And over time, one of them has to die and one of them turns into a zombie. So it's just really, really bad conditions. And the author did an amazing job with the plot and an amazing job with the cliffhangers. They're so good, but so bad. Overall, I really, really recommend reading it. And the second one that I really like, The Remarried Empress, which is basically about a empress and an emperor who everyone thinks is the ideal couple, like the best, the perfect, the amazing, ideal like pair of lovers. And so one day, the bastard of an emperor that he is, he finds this mistress that is a runaway slave. And oh my god, you don't know how much I hate that freaking mistress. She's so annoying. She plays innocent all the time and she lies and she's manipulative and it's just so annoying. And then the emperor just wants to protect her all the dang time when when she's the one at fault. And I just find it so aggravating that you could literally ignore a person's faults just because, I don't know, it was just really, really... Annoying and the Empress also really annoying. He doesn't really like the empress because she's too independent She won't do what he wants her to do. So anyway, just two very annoying characters And then so this empress she receives this letter from this bird which ends up being the prince of another place and she and this prince develop something and then not really but like There's a little something something and it's just like a four-way love Conflict. So, yeah, you get really angry when you're reading that webtoon, not gonna lie. It's so annoying. But yeah, I really like doing that to de stress. And while I'm reading my webtoons, I really like to listen to lo fi because I don't know, it's just really calming instrumentals. The main instruments that are used in lo fi are like drum, piano, and guitar. And they add ambient noises like rain noises and like cafe noises, like background noises literally it's the best music for de-stressing and I personally really like the songs produced by biosphere and idealism but there's a lot of like really good ones out there you know what I'll make a playlist of all my favorite lo-fi songs so you guys can check it out because literally I I don't know very many people who listen to lo-fi and I just think it's so nice I hate that it's not popular because it's it deserves so much love And I don't know, they just like calm you down. If you search on YouTube lo-fi study playlist, they have a bunch of like moods, I guess, or like vibes you want. So like there's like cafe lo-fi. So if you want to feel like you're in a cafe or you're doing your homework, then literally lo-fi makes you feel like you're in a cafe doing your homework and you're like 10 times more productive. And also an amazing thing about lo-fi is that I really like, so if you search on YouTube like lo-fi study playlist or like lo-fi cafe music and stuff like that let me tell you they are the bomb and the animations and little like cartoons that they have in it it's so it's so pretty but if you look at the comments in those videos i swear the lo-fi community is the nicest and most supportive community on youtube like literally if you go into the comments there's people kind of um explaining the stressful situations that they're in right now and people are just so supportive everyone is just helping each other. And like giving each other advice and telling them everything's gonna be okay, or like saying, Oh, I can totally relate to you. This has happened to me before, and this is how I've dealt with it, and stuff like that. It's just, just so nice. And just reading those comments makes you believe in humanity again, and that humans can actually be nice and not annoying. But you know what is a vibe? Listening to lo-fi when it's raining. I love listening to lo-fi when it's raining. I love rainy days in general. It's just so calming. It's one of my favorite weather, weathers, seasons, precipitation. Idiot. I really like when there's a huge thunderstorm going on where there's like lightning and like, I find it so relaxing. That's my natural de-stress. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Something about thunder, rain, and just that like dark, like lighting just makes you want to like go to sleep take a nap, read a book, watch a movie, do your homework even. I mean, I also really like sunny days. I really like it when I wake up early and I see the sunrise and like, I don't know, morning sun just hits different. It's just different. As It's not like afternoon sunlight where you feel like you need to do something. Like morning sunlight is really calm. I don't know if anyone can relate to this. But yeah, I really, really, really like rainy days and thunderstorms. I don't know, I really like extreme weather as long as no one gets hurt. Everything's all fun and jokes until someone gets hurt. So, yeah. Actually, movie and TV show soundtracks are also really good to listen to when you're doing your homework and stuff. So, like, they're basically the background music in a movie or, like, a show. Because I think I read somewhere that if you really want to listen to music while you're doing work, it's better to listen to movie soundtracks because with regular music like music made to make you listen if that makes sense like mainstream songs they're made to get your attention so you'll pay more attention to the actual song than whatever you're doing so like when you're studying you don't really retain the information that you're studying but with movie soundtracks they're made to be in the background so it doesn't really pull all your attention onto the music and so it's overall just better for you when you're trying to do homework because obviously your main focus should be on the work that you're doing instead of the song so i thought that was pretty cool and honestly studio ghibli soundtracks oh my god they're so good And then also the show You're a Lie in April and Your Name also has a lot of great, great soundtracks and songs. So I highly recommend y'all check that out. And with listening to music while you're doing homework, I feel like, I don't know, that makes homework more enjoyable. And I was watching a video on how not to procrastinate while I was procrastinating. And it basically said that people who procrastinate, they don't necessarily have bad time management. It's just they fear failure or they fear doing something that they can't do well in or they have a bad emotion associated with doing homework. So I mean if you do feel like that like obviously you don't want to do it because you don't get anything good out of it. What she said in the video was to reset your associations. So for example whenever I listen to music while doing my math homework I feel more inclined to doing it. Like I'm not like uh math homework but instead i feel okay with it because you know i'm listening to music and it's quite enjoyable if you do that continuously you'll start to establish the feeling of happiness with doing your homework it's like my manipulation i was kind of shook or like i know some people when they like if they sit in the sun they feel really energized so like if you sit in the sun while doing your homework like continuously then you start to establish that good feeling with homework and stuff like that and then uh, apparently lessens your procrastination. It kind of helped me. Like, I'm not behind on math homework anymore. I'm pretty, I'm pretty like on top of it actually right now. So, I don't know, just a s- suggestion for y'all to try out if you ever want to stop procrastinating. And another thing that I've been doing recently to de stress is going on car rides. I can't wait till like, I get my license, but uh, right now I have to drive with a parental guidance next to me. But, anyways, Whenever my parents need to go out to do errands or they have some thing that they need to do, I like to tag along with them because now that I'm stuck at home all day, any chance I can get to go outside, I'm super down for it. And since I'm going somewhere while I'm riding in the car, I don't feel like I'm wasting my time necessarily since I'm going somewhere, like I'm doing errands or like something like that. I feel like it's really fun being in the car. I also really love sleeping in the car. Like I love going on road trips and sleeping in the car. I I don't know. Something about the car just makes me have really nice sleep. I think it's the fact that the car is kind of moving. So that's it, it feels like you're being cradled. <laughs> is that weird? <laughs> I don't know. But while you're in the car, you can really just blank out and not think about anything, which is kind of nice because. I feel like a lot of us have really busy lives where we feel like we need to spend our time wisely and we need to utilize every break we get to do something productive in order not to fall behind. And even sometimes if you're not really doing anything, you're still thinking about, oh, I have this deadline next week. I have a meeting tomorrow. So you're still thinking about all these tasks. And that can be pretty stressful as well. So like when you're in the car, you just don't think about it and you just feel so much nicer. So yeah, when you're in the car, you don't really have to think about all of that. You can just space out, which I find is pretty nice sometimes because doing that really gets you to be quite creative. Like I got my essay idea while spacing out in the car and I also got a bunch of other just ideas for projects and things I need to do. So I don't know, it's a pretty good reflection period if you could say on my way home from target as well we were in rush hour traffic and i was like thinking about how to open a boba shop because i saw a boba shop while we were driving past and i was like i had all these ideas i had my logo ready i had like the whole layout of my boba shop i don't i am not even planning to open one so at that's oh my goodness speaking of boba shops i really like watching cafe vlogs it's literally the best way to de-stress and it makes me want to open a boba shop like actually like right now whenever i finish watching one i'm like you know what dad i don't care about college i'm just kidding <laughs> if they hear that i'm dead but, i don't know after watching one i'm just like how nice would it be to just open a shop right now and just have all these people come in and make all these cute cakes and drinks and stuff like that like literally no cap there's they're the best videos. And also cooking ASMR, I find that pretty relaxing as well. The aesthetics are so nice and like like Cooking Tree, their YouTube channel is, they literally make the cutest little cakes and cookies and they're so nice and they're so cute. But when I have time, I also quite enjoy watching reality TV shows or dramas. One that I watched over the summer that was really good is called It's Okay Not To Be Okay. And it's basically about this badass children's book writer who is pretty closed off to society. She only has like very few people around her that's close to her. And it's mainly because she lived a pretty rough childhood. Her mom was kind of obsessive over her. Like she wanted, she dolled up her daughter a lot. Like she didn't let her play with just anyone. And she's like oh you need to have your hair very very long so you look like a doll and stuff like that and then later if you watch the show her dad is also a bit psycho and then the second character the second lead is a nurse at a psychiatric hospital and he switches the hospitals that he works at like every year I think because he has an older brother who is autistic and he has a trauma with butterflies because something happened when he was little so he has to run away from the butterflies every spring so that's why they have to move very often so this nurse's older brother is a huge fan of the children's book that the girl writes and you come to find later that her dad is actually a patient at the hospital the guy is working at so then the girl ends up liking the guy because she met him when he was lit when they were little And so basically the show talks about them finding love because they've never really experienced what love was. And it also talks about how every character in the drama actually overcomes their own individual traumas, no matter how small or big. And just basically them growing up mentally. And yeah, it's super good. And what I really like about it is that every episode incorporates a fairy tale from it. So, this is a Korean drama, so it incorporates both Western fairy tales and also Korean folklore, which I find was really, really cool. One episode that I remember was called The Ugly Duckling, and the writers, instead of playing with the motif of self love and not conforming to society's definition of beauty, they instead focused on the family acceptance part of the fairy tale. So, even though The Ugly Duckling was outcasted from his own family because he was different when he found his new family with the swans he realized that because they accepted him he also became a swan he didn't feel ugly anymore and he felt very included and that's kind of the whole theme of the drama as well even though everyone in the drama is from different backgrounds and different families when they come together they all accept each other and they all seem like a real family because the families that they came from in the drama weren't a good family. They did not receive any love per se. So, and I felt like this was also kind of beautiful because I don't know, with society right now, with tensions from all different races, it's kind of beautiful to say that when you truly find people who have the same values. As you in the same kind of thoughts and accepts you for who you are, then you realize that you've formed like actual good friendships and good relationships. And it can also be extended outside of personal relationships because being in a community of people where people are accepting and they could care less of what your background is, I mean, I think that's kind of beautiful. But you know what really gets you to connect with people playing among us? I've been playing that like quite a lot recently and it's so fun but being imposter is probably the most nerve-wracking thing in the world. Every time I play the imposter I'm literally shaking and just so nervous because I'm so bad. I feel like I've gotten a little bit better but it's still really nerve-wracking but honestly when I played I actually talked to a lot of new people and a lot of people who I wouldn't have talked to otherwise so it's a great way to bond with friends and yeah and also the the love stories that occur all among us it's kind of kind of really entertaining and so worth playing the game for like people all among us have game they have they know the ways of flirtation not gonna lie so yeah, I've also really liked watching gameplays of Among Us. And I just want to say that Corpse and Saikuno are literally such friend goals. I cannot get over how deep Corpse's voice is. And so many people are simping over his voice as it should be. Anyways. It's just super fun. Like their whole group, Pokey, Bray, Toast, Saikuno, Corpse all of that just it's so fun to see them play so before we come to the end of today's podcast take a deep breath in then take a deep breath out unclench your jaws relax your shoulders and it's gonna be okay whatever stress you're going through right now you're gonna get through it so don't worry too much about what hasn't happened yet because you won't know till it actually happens and if the goal you're working towards works out yay i am so proud of you and if it doesn't it's no biggie when one door closes another door will always open so regardless people will still be proud of you no matter what you do no matter where you go you just gotta manifest those good vibes because when things change inside of you things will change around you and you As always, you guys are welcome to whenever and wherever. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Talk to you guys later. Bye. So I just wanted to apologize how many times I said the word so in this podcast. I was listening back and realized I have the vocabulary of a four-year-old because every transition word I use was the word so and I was so annoyed.